podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Cricket, 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 cricket. Hello, and welcome to County Cricket Natters. Today I have with me Dan Whiting. Hello, Annie. And if Hello, you do Dan. hear any profanities in the background, it's because my other half is filling up bean bags. And the beans are going all over the floor. So if we do hear a, a profanity or a swear word, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll have to edit that one out. All right. <laughs> OK, I'll, I'll, we'll look out for that. And uh, uh, we don't have Sam, sadly, with us today, but we do have his other other person because uh, at Somerset he's they they confuse um Sam and Harry and they don't know who which one is which so um we have Harry Everett who does the Somerset live stream hello Harry yeah as I was pushing through the barriers with you to get on the pitch yesterday we were shouting at me Sam stop pushing through the barriers to get on the pitch <laughs> yeah. so we both ignored him because <laughs> yeah. my name's not Sam and we are really really lucky um to have with us um <laughs> legendary <laughs> bowler and uh, brilliant brilliant county cricket stalwart chris rushworth hello chris good morning thank you for having us well, it's great to have you with us and i will pass you over to dan who's going to take us through the rounds of the um, county championship yeah, well, let's start at Southampton, where there was the biggest surprise since Kevin Keegan signed from Hamburg back in the early 80s. Kent started out, they were 1-6-5 all out, three for Barker, three for Abbas, three for Abbott, standard Hampshire uh, bowling attack there, really. Hampshire were then 57 all out. The mighty Quinn, Matt Quinn, six for 23. Kent then battered again. And extended, built a big lead thanks to Jack leaning 112. They got 269 all out. Hans gave a good go of it. They were 300. Joe Weatherly got 56. James Vince, 73. James Fuller, 78. Nathan Gilchrist got four for. Massive surprise, Chris, there, yeah? Yeah, I think that probably the, the shock of the rounds when you, when you look at it. Um... I mean, you touched on Hampshire's bowling attack. It is by far and away, in my opinion, the the best on the county circuit. Um, mind, it does help when you're producing bowler-friendly pitches. I must admit, <laughs> um, but now nah, for even for and for Hampshire to get bowled out for such a low total, um, you know, I think Kent are one of those teams where everyone seems to everyone seems to like them. People want them to do well, um, so. You know, I'm I'm pleased for them. Um, they've got a good bunch of guys down there. Um, but now nah, you're absolutely right. It, it was a huge shock. Um, and you know, it's obviously cost cost Hampshire a little bit. So, um, and we'll not say anything. The way Hampshire dealt with the Durham situation a few years ago, it's. Uh, I'll just leave that one. <laughs> Karma. You can't say it, Chris, but I can. Karma. Anyway, it's. Um, I mean, I, I was I was absolutely shocked there. 
Harry, Nathan Gilchrist, he's, a, he's an old Somerset. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I was going to mention that. Really good to see him bowl well. He's not got many runs. He's tail ender who is a proper tail ender. Loves a duck, does Nathan Gilchrist. But great to see him come back with a few wickets at the end. And Matt Quinn, who bowled superbly in the last round as well. Great to see those two sort of fighting the fight for Kent. I thought Kent would really struggle without an overseas player. Look at all the other teams at the bottom. Two Indian test players for Warwickshire. Two Pakistani test players for Somerset. I thought Kent would really struggle without an overseas. So fair play for him to get that win. is massive. A bit of a loss for Ollie Robinson, though I'm sure Chris Rushworth will be buzzing to have Ollie Robinson. Not the bowling Ollie Robinson, the keeper back, go up to Durham. That's an exciting signing for Durham. But he's still there for one more game. And Kent could could just about stay up. You never know. I thought they were down and out a few weeks ago. Yeah, we wrote them off last week, didn't we, Dan? Yeah, yeah we did. We did. And Kent have sort of got this thing about them sort of being in the doldrums. If you look at their sort of social media on their Facebook, etc., you'd think the world is going to end at the, sort of the White Cliffs of Dover. And yet they've won two white ball titles in the last couple of years. Uh, they're now in Division 1. They won what was the Division 3 last year, for what it's worth. And, uh, you know, all is, well, I think all is not rosy in the Garden of England, but it's not terrible either. Annie, I've got to ask you, Hampshire, your tip for the title um, blew it. I did not see this coming at all. I thought, OK, they're, they're, they're going to roll Kent over easily, especially like Chris said with that bowling attack. I'm, uh, you know, you'd, I, I'd have, uh, I was really, really surprised. It was one of those ones where you kept getting porting wickets coming in and you go, what, what are they doing? What are they doing? What's going on? It really, really, um, it was a complete shock. But yeah. yeah. They uh, haven't helped themselves, put it like that. Which left it at the Oval. If Surrey could win that game, they'd become the champions. And they started off very well. They got 333. Ollie Pope, 136. Jordan Clark, 55. There was four wickets there for Steve Patterson. He's uh, coming to the end of his career there at Yorkshire. Yorkshire responded 179. Tom Kohler cadmore got 55. It's four wickets for Tom Laws. Yorkshire followed on. 46 for Lyth, 43 for Bess, 208 all out. Dan Worrell got a fourfer. And uh, Surrey just needed 55. And it was fitting that Rory Burns pulled the winning four through mid-wicket to leave Surrey the champions of the county championship. Chris, well-deserved? Oh, definitely. Um, again, you look at their squad. They've got a, you know... A massive score with some unbelievable talent in there. I have to say huge congratulations to one of my good mates, Cam Steele. He obviously got released from Durham a couple of years ago. Surrey picked him up and he's gone and played a little part in that championship win. I'm absolutely delighted for him. Um, but now, very well deserved. I think anyone who wins the county championship over the course of a season, you know, ultimately deserves it. So, fair play to them. Um, and again, I think they probably are the best team in the country at the minute, looking around. Yeah, Annie, you, uh, I mean, you, you know, I can't say anything positive about Surrey being a Middlesex man, but I'll, I'll leave it to you. They they deserve it fully, don't they? They really do. I mean, they, they from from the off, they've, they've looked really good. They're, they're both, I mean, Jamie Everton has, has been really useful to them this season as well. And I saw him um, uh, early season and he looked really, really good. Um and uh, I, I was really pleased, you know, Mickey Stewart oval that championship game and uh, just really, you know, it seemed quite fitting, didn't it? That they, they kind of uh, won there and uh, yeah, no, they, they've, they've, um, they deserve it. I'm sorry, Dan, but they do. 
Yeah, well, my mate Phil Garrard over there. Yeah. He's, Good uh, lad, Phil. He's been on the committee there for 50 years. Surrey have just won the title. It was his 70th birthday last night. This was Friday night. And Phil, if you're listening into this, you're probably going to listen to this on the Sunday because your hangover will be so bad that you probably <laughs> won't be able to surface until, you know, until the end of the weekend. Uh, Harry, without giving too much away, Yorkshire are in a bit of trouble, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Yorkshire shouldn't really have been dragged down into it. The last couple of weeks, they've struggled a little bit. It's great to see Finn Bean getting a bit of a go opening up, but they've got some inexperienced young players in Yorkshire. And before we finish on the Yorkshire Surrey game, I just want to have a bit of a laugh. You look at the bowling scorecard of the last innings, that cracks me up. Johnny Tattersall. Two overs for 20. I watched it when we were commentating on the Somerset game. On what, on the, was it day two or day three? I almost spent more time watching the Gloucestershire stream and the, sorry, Yorkshire stream, to be honest with you, <laughs> trying to commentate on, commentate on three streams at once. But Johnny Tassel was bowling because they were worried about their over rate. So Ben Code bowled two overs, opened up with Don Best, bowled two overs, and then Tattersall bowled some absolute filth. Um, but Rory Burns put it away. And fair play, I think Patel's the aggression in the opening partnership. Burns with 30 or 16 balls, but a bass ball as Ryan Patel was pedestrian. <laughs> By, by Hunter's standards. So, <laughs> no, it was a slightly faster finish, but well played, very strength and depth well deserved. Well, congratulations to Surrey. But let's move on to Chelmsford. And a load of wickets fell and the game was over. And my report there has probably lasted longer than the game itself. <laughs> um, Lancashire, he, uh, they got 131, five for Simon Harmer. Essex responded... This is all on the first day with a 107, five for Tom Bailey. Lancashire were then seven for six, and they recovered. I think at the end of the first day, they were 12 for six or 13 for six. And, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's a fast game down at Chelmsford. Uh, they recovered to 73 all out. There was six for 10 for uh, Shane Snater for Essex, 59 all out. George Balderson got a hat-trick down there. Chris, you wouldn't want to bowl on that, would you? Oh, sounds the dream game. <laughs> Wickets galore and finished before tea on day two. I think it's that's everyone's dream, isn't it? <laughs> Quick game's a good game, but um, do you me? I mean, you know, when you watch the highlights and the wickets on the stream and, and stuff like that, it, it, sometimes it doesn't do it justice what the wickets actually like. But you hear, you know, you hear Chapel's interview after day one and stuff and I don't know, it just it doesn't sound great. Um, no. I mean, you know, Essex have done that for a few years now, haven't they? Produced green seamers and almost got away with it, but I guess it's, it's, it's backfired this time. So, just a mm. shame, really. But what a game of cricket. Would have been great to watch. Yeah, certainly would be. Let, let's hope the commentators down there were on a match rate and not a day rate because, you know, it cost them a few quid. Um Annie or Harry, whoever wants to take this one. Essex were quite vocal about Somerset getting dot points a few years ago with Jack Leach and the, you know, pitchfork gate, etc. I mean, do you, do you expect them to get a, a little sanction for that next season? Well, I'll, I'll take this very briefly and then I'll pass it over to Harry. But, um, you know, when we did get our fine, it, it was um, late September and it had rained for two full days um and it the conditions were really really rubbish 
So um, it does feel a little bit, uh, well, it, it jars a little bit, shall we put it, if, uh, if uh, we're docked and uh, something um, doesn't happen here. Uh, Harry, uh, what do you feel? Yeah, I mean, Saridabad got so much. It was at 26 wickets fell on day one of this game. But part of it was poor batting. There were a couple of dodgy yeah, LBWs, in fairness, definitely. at Chelmsford. And Shane Snater has been immense this year, one of the most Brilliant. underrated. I want to give him a shout out. I've got no affiliation to him. But one of my favourite facts of this summer is that he's Jason Roy's cousin. I just think that's the most rogue cousin cricket stat there is. But he's been so good with bat and ball. And you've got to mention again, Alistair Cook, 40 is a mammoth, mammoth score in this, in this scorecard. shows how class he is. To get fourth in that deck was top, top effort. And yes, they should probably be deductive points, but you can understand them wanting results pitch at this stage of the season. Exactly. But then you could understand us wanting result pitch on that last match as well. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a tricky one. And Somerset fans will be fuming if Essex aren't deductive points, but my old mate, my opening bat from uni is a big Essex fan and we've had a fair few text between the games this week about how yeah Essex are desperate but with Simon Harmer he's going to rag it square but it wasn't just I think the difference was that Sarge bad some say got sick because it was the spinners taking most of the wickets I guess here it's a bit different when it's a bit of seam and a bit of spin I'm not surprised your mate's been texting you Harry because he's uh, probably had a bit of time on his hands anyway after after that one finished anyway let's move down to Bristol and the game that I covered down at Gloucestershire and Warwickshire are in the Meyer. They are, as they say, Mark Knopfler. They're in dire straits. Uh, they got 274, 120 from Dominic Sibley. It was a five and a half hour hundred. The ball was spinning. It was an absolute dust bowl at Bristol. And it was a good cricket wicket, actually. But this was a masterclass in concentration from Sibley. He was aided and abetted by Danny Briggs. He got 65. There was a five for there for Zafir Gahar. Gloucestershire in a little bit of trouble, responded with 255. Jack Taylor, 71. Zafir Gahar got a 50. Jayant Yadav got a five for there, so you can see what sort of wicket it was. It was, uh, it was ripping somewhat. Then, Warwickshire, 128 all out. Tom Price, 8 for 27. He is absolutely outstanding. He's just getting better and better every time I see him. And that paved the path. Gloucestershire needed, I think, about 150, and they were 30 for four. But Chris Dent was there, 64, Graham Van Buren, 49, and they scraped home by three wickets in what was a really good game of cricket, actually. Um, Tom Price. Chris, have you seen much of him at all? I've seen little bits. Um, obviously, Dil Benkenstein's down there as head coach, guy who I played with for a long time so I speak to him now and again um, and one of my good mates is actually the head coach at Durham University where Price is at and he's been saying for a while like keep an eye on this guy he's, he's going to do some some big things in the game um, but like you see every game he plays he just seems to get better and better and to finish with those sorts of figures in a first class game and ultimately win the win the game for your team um, you know just shows what, what sort of talent he's got um, he's got a lovely action, puts the ball in the right area, um, and he's quick enough. So, now nah, I think he's, he's very exciting, and I think Gloucester have got a player on their hands there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're the best figures by anyone in the country this season. Um, Liam Norwell got an 8 for, but they're the best figures uh, for Gloucestershire, I think, since Courtney. I think Courtney got a 9 for back in the 90s. 
but um, he is a real prospect. Warwickshire, there's no Mohammed Siraj. He just wasn't around. And there's been some interesting selections there from from Warwickshire. Um, their fans aren't happy at all. Paul Farbrace is leaving at the end of the season. Um, Mark Robinson's still there, but their fans aren't happy. Uh, Annie, they're in trouble, aren't they? They are, yeah. I've, I've had lots of um, angry Warwickshire fans sort of getting... An angry touch. bear. An angry bear, exactly. It's not what you want, is it? Um, yeah, no, I've had quite a few people get in contact with me saying, you know, this is very... I, um, yes, not happy about Warwickshire at all. And uh, so you can you can understand that, um, of course, you, you would expect, you know, expect more from them, really. I, I yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know the answer. Yeah. Not Angry Birds, the game, but Angry Bears. Angry like Bears, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Warwickshire, I thought, I went up to Edgebaston last week to watch Somerset's yeah. day three and day four, and I couldn't believe how few fans there were on the ground. There's something going wrong at Edgebaston. For a big city, big club, so few fans there, so quiet. Somerset almost took over the ground. And well, Annie and I, was good, my good friend, Jonathan Beverly, runs the, the Bears Forum on the Warwickshire website. I had a good look at that last week. A lot of people not happy kicking off. and. With Dom Sibley going to Surrey, he's the main man who got most of the runs this week. And, you know, we were delighted for the West Country, Gloucestershire, they, you know, can't stay up for them. But to beat Warwickshire, buzzing for Gloucestershire, and you don't think that it's daft. Imagine in football, imagine if Man City win the league one year and then they get relegated to Championship next year. It just wouldn't happen, would it? That's what we love about the County Championship, that someone can win the league and then they get relegated next year. And I should quickly come in on Tom Price, that um, his 5 for 75 against Somerset I commentated on two weeks ago. Really, really impressive. He he wasn't the seamer that you'd worry about. If you if you're Tom Lamanby, if you're yeah. a Mammal Hack, you probably wouldn't have thought all oh, Tom Price is going to be the guy to worry about. It'd been the other seamers. But fair play, five for seventy five, and then the the eight for this week. He's a really exciting prospect. Yeah, well, we're off to the Cricket Writers Club dinner and uh, in a couple of weeks, aren't we, Annie? And we are. Tom Price has just got my vote for Young Player of the Year, even though he wasn't even nominated. He's come in with such a a late burst. I mean, he got a hat trick against Kent back in June. I think that's his fourth fifer now, and he's taken 29 wickets this season at 18 apiece. Chris, you must have bowled at Dominic Sibley a few times. How much of a pain in the arse is he to bowl at? To be honest, I don't think um, off the top of my head, I don't think we've been on the on the receiving end of a big one from him. Um, thank thank good, uh, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> But again, you watch him, it's just his temperament is just, I think it's next level. For, for county cricket, you know, his, his mindset is the Jonathan Trott mindset. You know, he, he just wants to bat all day um, and he's quite happy scoring, a, you know, strike rate of 45, 50, which does the job for your team. Um, and I guess someone like that, once he gets in, you know, it's almost impossible. He's one of those blokes where you think, <laughs> Christ, where am I going to bowl now? Like, what, How do we get him out? Um so I think he will be a massive loss for Warwickshire, obviously. Um, but again, it's just, that's just going to be another strength for Surrey, isn't it? Yes. Um, you just look at that, what their squad's going to be. It's going to be, you know, frightening. But Where does he fit in there with Rory Burns and Ryan Patel? One of them's got, it's going to be Sibley and Burns, isn't it? Patel got to go down? Oh, you would think so, looking at it. How long's uh Amla got left? 
Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many can you fit into that Surrey team? So strong. <laughs> yeah. Ollie Pope around, he's going to be pushed down at five, is he? So much strength in depth. <laughs> just just quite a long tail, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All the bowlers back. Team Yeoverton, Jordan Clark. Well, for Annie and Harry, <laughs> let's save the best for last, as Vanessa Williams told us back in 1992. Somerset, 389. Tom Abel, 111. North Ants, 265. Will Young, he got an 80-odd there. Craig Overton, 5 for 38. Somerset then got 337 for four declared. Tom Lamanby, 110. Tom Abel, 115. North Ants capitulated on the last day. Uh, they're safe, but they were 109 all out. And now Somerset are safe. Annie Chave, a huge sigh of relief. Yes, I was saying to Harry just when he arrived here today, um, I've got a bit of a sore head this morning. Um, did do a little bit of celebrating last night because it. I, I when we when that well while the game was going on, even on Thursday morning, it felt like we were um, we were going to have to play. You know, have something. Uh, to get a result um when we play next next week so um just this is is extraordinary and and what an extraordinary way um able um captain this game and uh, to to go on and to um bat still on on fri- on friday morning and go over 400 and keep going it was uh it was a scary decision for some, you know, but it was the right decision um, because they, they just didn't have anything to play for. Um, then Northampton didn't have anything to play for. Yeah. And uh, they really did, as you say, capitulate. It was um, it was extraordinary um, and uh, f- fantastic from Abel to get, you know, two hundreds in the match and, uh um, Tom Lamanby, I, I think he is really, really important to the side. Um, hanging on in there, he might score slowly, but that's you know he's the, he's a bit of a Sibley for us, and and we need that. Um, and uh, Craig Overton, what a difference he makes! Um, yeah, you know, he he just that run out, that early run out, um, just started off the the sort of. North Ants decline. I don't know. I'll, I'll pass over to you, Harry, because uh, we, we did a little bit of commentary together, but you were there we did. last time. But. Yeah, Harry, Harry, you've seen a lot of Tom Abel this year. Um, I mean, he's an impressive individual. He's an impressive captain. He's an impressive batsman. He's an impressive fielder. Um, you know, the superlatives have run out, surely, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, I played against him 10 years ago myself as a schoolboy and he scored a hundred and he's at Taunton school. I was playing as a ringer for a couple of mate, a couple of years up for extra college. For a change. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I said, like, can I come and play at Taunton school? And Tom Abel scored a hundred in every single school game that year. We got him out for 98 and he was absolutely fuming. We were celebrating like anything. And he was a class act. He bowled first change. I came into bat, snicked him for one to third. And then he got me out next ball. And you could tell how good he was going to be. And he's so driven such a wonderful individual. Everyone at the club's got such high regard for him. And he talks about having a bit of a sore head. We had a few drinks last night. And it was lovely. Gordon Hollins got the staff and the players all in the Colin Atkinson long room together. And we all had a, a speeches and drinks together. Lovely occasion. And Tom Abel will talk to everyone. He's not, it's not like the cliquey 
stay with his mates, you know, all the guys from the same club or the same age from Somerset players talking together. He'll go and talk to the catering staff. He'll talk to the stewards. He's, he's just a top, top bloke and captain England line so well in that absolute embarrassing demolition of a strong South Africa side um, that we also commented on earlier in the year. And Lizard Williams played in that one and he got whacked around again here this week. He really struggled. I don't know if he's related to your Vanessa Williams as you uh, <laughs> linked that in earlier, Dan, but... Um, it w- it was a great week for Somerset in the end. They've had a poor they've had a poor season. Andy Hurry and Jason Kerr were honest about that in the post match interviews. We don't they said, "Oh, we don't want to be celebrating relegation." But with James Hildreth and Steve Davies, two not old men is a bit harsh, but two elderly players who've scored a lot of runs and been there to then bring James Rue, bring Tom Lambert. Yes, Tom Lambert's played a few years, but bring the youngsters through Casey Aldridge, Lewis Goldsworthy. Great to see the youngsters coming through. And George Bartlett the last couple of weeks, he's had yeah. so much criticism for getting pretty thirties. Um, Tom Banton has been demoted. His housemate George Bartlett playing ahead of Tom Banton is a big, big call. And George Bartlett's done really well the last couple of weeks at Handed Up at Edgebaston. And the future's looking bright for Somerset, who've got about nine batters to fit into six slots next year with Sean Dox, Sean Dixon and T- Tom Kohler Admiral coming in next year. Yeah, well, he's, Chris will know a little bit about Sean Dixon. But there's another man you know quite a bit about is uh, Will Young. He played with him. And he got 80 odd there. He's led North Hants to safety when everyone had them nailed on for relegation. He's a, he's a strong character, isn't he? He's an absolute belter of a guy. Um, he, as soon as he signed for North Hants, I think the Durham, we, were, we were all quite a bit, bit gutted that we didn't try and get him back. I don't know if we did try and get him back, um, but he's, he's a top quality player. Um, and again, he's a great guy, good captain. I know he's captained a few teams to trophies over in New Zealand, um, and he's obviously done a sterling job at North Ants. Um, but now you go back to the Somerset boys. Craig Overton is my my favourite county cricketer on the circuit at the moment. <laughs> um, I just love everything about the way he plays the game. He's obviously a very talented cricketer, bowling, combat. Um, obviously, fielding's outstanding. Um, just his competitiveness, you know, he's, he's the kind of bloke that everyone wants in their dressing room. Um, so now I'm, I'm pleased for him. It's nice to see him, you know, sort of get that fifer and, and get the team over the line. But now, he, and Tom Abel, you know, you speak about how good he is. His, his bowling's underrated in first class cricket. Yeah. He always comes yeah, on, break, breaks up partnerships, picks up the, the odd two, three for. Um, so now, like I say, they've got a, a strong young young group coming together. I know we, we came up against them in the 50-over stuff. Um, <laughs> ben Green, back to 150, and you think, oh, he, like, he's still coming. And, you know, there, there is some some good young players coming through down there. So I think it'll be an exciting time for them in the next all three, four years. I might just come back on North Ants before we finish on this game, show that I'm unbiased. Um, I had a really good chat with Will Young because I played out in Central Districts in Wanganui as an overseas a couple of years ago. And uh, my captain played with Will Young. We had a proper chat. You say he's a lovely, lovely bloke. We were giving him stick for walking around his Birkenstock, shaking hands with all the players. But he's just a proper down-to-earth guy. And his 85 was a decent knock when Craig Overton, at his pomp, bowling quick and back of a length. Will Young, quality player. But the other player I want to shout out for North Ants is Tom Taylor. Yeah, Really good. His, his career best, first class, 60 not out. Bowled really well. He's not a guy we know much about. He's coming at number eight ahead of James Sales and batted well in both innings and yeah I think he's an exciting exciting player for Northampton and shouldn't be underrated yeah absolutely I'm, that partnership held us up a bit didn't it yeah I'm glad you said birthday socks there Harry because I thought you said birthday suit there for a minute and I was thinking <laughs> still, still young walking around Taunton in the park you can leave yeah. right now Dan 
Well, Chris Rushworth says he was a character, you know. <laughs> Evergreen. Um, yeah, and all thanks credit to them. And they've, they've had the best batsman that I've seen this year. I've covered every Gloucestershire home game on the commentary. And I think the best batsman that I've seen this season has been Ryan Rickleton, who only came over for a few games, got in the South Africa side late on. But I think he is going to be an absolute gun batsman. I really do so. Anyway, let's move on to the table. So Surrey champions, 247 points. Hampshire, 220. Lancashire, 201. That includes their points deduction uh, for being a little bit naughty, perhaps. Essex, 181. Northampton, 151. Somerset, 145. Then this is where it starts to get tasty. Yorkshire, 135. Kent, 134. Gloucestershire, 120. And, uh, sorry, Warwickshire, 120. Warwickshire have got to go to Hampshire next week. Uh, Kent, Somerset. And Yorkshire have got Gloucestershire up at Headingley. So, some interesting games next week. See who goes down. Gloucestershire got relegated there on 95. But they'll regroup and expect them to win Division 2 next year. <laughs> anyway, that concludes Division 1. Before we come on to Division 2, we've had the Strauss recommendations this week, which include a number of things to do with the game. Uh, the, main, the main sort of talking point is one elite division of six. This is as of 2024 season, and then two feeder divisions into that, which I should imagine will probably be regional, won't they? Um, Annie, what's your view? <laughs> I'm just writing an article about it at the moment. So. Um... Yeah, well, effectively, it's a it's a bit of a killer for um, the smaller clubs, isn't it? Um, it will make clubs irrelevant. Uh, it uh, cuts cr- county championship cricket down to around fifty um, days cricket um, in the season, which is not a viable um, a viable time scale for those clubs how, how do you justify the playing staff how do you justify um you know membership and and what you're charging for the membership there's a lot a lot of issues that need to be looked at um it's a really really dangerous you know i mean it was always the case that they wanted to have a um six eight eight side um uh, county championship, um, first class county championship, uh, and and they are effectively going to be making those other um, counties um, secondary. Is yep. how I read it. Yeah, Chris, I know you can't say too much, um, <laughs> but do you think do you think players play too much cricket at the moment? The the one thing I've got about this new review, and obviously I'm a different generation to a lot of the people that are playing now. When you've got 18 teams, I just think going down to 10 first-class games is wrong. We like I was against going down to 14 games. Um, I just don't see how you can only play 10 first-class games. If that's how, if that's going to be our Premier competition, we're still striving to be the best Test team in the world. How can you only play 10 first-class games of cricket? Um, and I've been walking around the Riverside this week, obviously chatting to a few members, um, supporters, and stuff. 
And they're saying exactly the same thing that Annie's just mentioned. How, how can they justify paying their membership fees when they're actually they're going to watch a lot less cricket? Um, I think people just don't know what they're going to do when it when it comes to it. Um, and it it is tough. I, I get I don't understand how you're going to fit all this cricket in. Um, but we all know why it's happening. Uh, it's just I, I just find it a shame. And and they're on about this. They're talking about cutting down cricket. And then they're trying to put this festival week in or, or whatever yeah. they're about there. And it's like, well, hang on. You're throwing games at us when you're trying to cut. I, I just, I, I don't know. I just don't get, I, I don't get it that they're messing with stuff they don't need to mess with. Yeah. And Chris, you don't want to bowl with a kookaburra ball either, do you? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I Mind. did wonder about that. They can't be any worse than the Dukes ones we've had this year. Yeah, it's been a terrible season for oh, balls, hasn't it? Dreadful. Mm. Yeah. And Harry, from a commentator, me and you are commentators, right? From a commentator's point of view, we get paid a day rate. Now, you might have only five games next season. Yeah, if they're all from 2024. So there'd be five lots of four-day cricket. The Royal London Cup might become a knockout. Say you get an away game, you get knocked out in the first round. That will be no Royal London Cup games compared to four. Now, and the blast is going to be uh, cut as well down to five. So, in effect, you might have 25 days of cricket down at Taunton. And as Chris touched on there, the memberships, are people going to be taking memberships out for potentially 25 days of cricket? But this is what they don't want. (laughs) Yeah, it's absolutely gutting. I was trying to to leave the ground yesterday. I had member after member after member coming up to me and just saying how devastating it is. People want to buy their membership. Massive commercial drive for Somerset to get the members on board. T20 Blast, as we all know, Taunton sells out every T20 Blast game. I can't even get as a commentator, I can't get free tickets for mates because everyone wants to come. It's how I got into the game as a 12, 13-year-old kid going up to watch Friday Night Blast games. And it's what makes the money for the clubs. And having two less games is just dark. If you only have five home games and a couple of rained off, it's... It's gutting in that sense. There's so many parts of this review. I mean, 37 pages. We had a look at it the night before it came out, and we spent ages trying to work it out with our commentary end of your meal. And after a few beers, we we're trying to dissect it in the pool bar. We just couldn't get our heads around it. It's so many intricate details, and it's not really gaining anything. This this bizarre. It's going to become a Mickey Mouse. Sadly, it's going to become almost a second eleven championship in August. Which yes, it's good to see youngsters coming through and playing at good grounds. And but Dom Sibley's going to get 600 runs in about three games, probably. <laughs> and it's it's just I don't understand I mean sadly the franchise competition has thrown all these spans in the works if the franchise competition hadn't come in then there wouldn't be all these problems that's where the congestion is with these extra games I mean it's Chris, Chris is a seamer is and he doesn't want less games and people are saying that they need to get less games because seamers keep getting injured well if he's Dare I mention, well over 30. <laughs> <laughs> over 30, we're happy to play more games. And doesn't that hit the nail on the head? Batters, you know, Ollie Pope and Ben Folks were allowed to play this round. The Seamers, England coming back, weren't allowed to play. Well, if Chris wants to play as many games as possible, then why are they reducing it? Yeah. Well, I don't know of anything that you grow by shrinking it. I really don't. And exactly. I've got a glass of orange squash over there. And if I pull <laughs> another glass of orange squash... With only half of the concentrate, would it make it stronger? No, it would make it weaker. So That's far too go. scientific for me, Dan. There you go. <laughs> anyway, let me get off my soapbox and move on to the soap opera of Division 2. And everyone can 
citizen, experts on matters county. And let's start with what we thought and have been talking about champions elect Nottinghamshire all season. They went to Worcester and they didn't have it all their own way. Worcestershire got 390. Gareth Roderick got 102. Notts then responded with 128. Dylan Pennington, we speak about him all the time. He's quick. Ed Bernard got four. Pennington got four. Notts then followed on. They could only muster 183 all out. Worcestershire won that game by an innings and 79 runs. Chris, you played a bit of Division 2 cricket this year. Big surprise. Massive. I don't think anyone would have saw that coming. Um, we were almost expecting, I don't, I'm injured at the minute, but Durham were almost expecting to turn up to Trent Bridge next week um, with them already being champions. And we were thinking, you know, they might be, they might not be at the races. It's a good chance for us to win. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they've now got something to play for next week. But now you speak about young Dylan Pennington. Again, he's, he's talk, talking about bowlers who have got huge hearts. This guy will run in all day long and he'll try and bowl as fast as he can all day long. Um, again, I'm pleased for Worcestershire. I think they're a great bunch of people. Um, they have struggled the last few years, but you know they've, they've absolutely dominated that game against arguably the best team in Division 2. Yeah, he's, um, there's three seamers around the country, three young seamers I like. We've all got a little bit of pace about them. Pennington's one, Sam Connors at Derbyshire's another. Blake Cullen at Middlesex is the third. Um, Cullen's been injured for a lot of this season, but I think the county championship is producing these youngsters. Talking of an older head, Harry, Gareth Roderick, he got 100 the other week, got another 100 here. He's, uh, he's having a new lease of life up at New Road, isn't he? Yeah, former Gloucestershire man. I, I, I really like Gareth Roderick. I was surprised when Gloucestershire let him go, to be honest with you. Um, but like Chris said, I, I was shocked by this result too. Not so, so strong on paper. I mean, they are missing Ben Duckett. We should say he's sweeping so well in this. Uh, you know, I've struggled with so much championship on this week. I've had to stay up till stupid o'clock to catch up on the T20s. But Ben Duckett ha- has been absolutely superb, chucking the span in the works for the World T20 squad. But not even without Duckett, Slater, Hamid, Joe Clark, Mullaney, Tom Moores, that's quality. But Ian Passon White scored 100 before in the championship. So, they're a strong, strong side. And yeah, I would never have guessed that. I mean, I actually played against Ed Ed Barnard, Ed Pollock's brother, came down on tour with Shrewsbury School and I played up against them at Instone, North Devon, a few weeks ago. And um, I was chatting away to them and I was surprised because they're both, they're both on the move for, for next year. And they're big players for Worcestershire. I'm sorry, Pollock having just moved from Warwickshire to Worcestershire and Barnard being on the move the other way. Um, that's going to that's gonna be a big loss. Um, Ed Barnard, I watched him play, I think it was at Leicestershire about five years ago for England Lions against India A. And straight away, he just stood out. And I, I think he's going to be one of those guys who's probably going to be, I don't know, do I compare him to Chris while we look at him on, on this <laughs> podcast? One of those guys, I feel like he could clean up the county championship for years and years without, I don't know, is Ed Barnard going to play for England? Maybe they could say he's not got the pace. But he, he's going to be a quality county performer for the next few years, I reckon. Annie. Can Chris Rushworth Durham go to Trent Bridge next week and ruin the promotion party there? 
Yeah, they can because they've done really well since Chris Rushworth hasn't been playing for them. <laughs> <laughs> they've won the last two games, so yeah, they're, they're going to win the next one. <laughs> well, if that happens, Chris, and go down to Trent Bridge, look after my mate Martin Emerson on the commentary because oh. Dave Bracegirdle will kill him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He will absolutely kill him. Anyway, let's uh, let's go down from Trent Bridge. Let's go down to Leicester, just down the M1. And Middlesex, who was sitting in second place, needed a win here. And they got 297. Yet again, John Simpson, he's got nearly 1,000 runs. It's, it's not bad for a number six, I tell you. He got 92. Mike Finan got five for there for Leicestershire. Leicestershire then responded almost with parity. They were three runs short on 294. Swindles and Scribbin got 67 and 65. They sound like a firm of accountants that you just would not put your money in, would you? Swindles and Scriven. Uh, Toby Rowland-Jones got a fourfer. Middlesex then got 271. Maxi Holden, 91. Mark Stoneman, old teammate of yours, Chris, he got 81. And then Leicestershire were all out for 194. Toby Rowland Jones again with four for 50. And Sam Robson got the last couple of wickets with his leg spin. Um, Chris, Mark Stoneman, he's still churning out the runs. I had a chat with somebody at Lords the other week and saying, this guy thinks Stoneman is still good enough for England. Um, he thinks that he plays in the style that Brendan McCullum will want. He scores his runs quite quickly. You played a lot with him. I mean, he's still got he's still got it, hasn't he? Definitely. I reckon his move to Middlesex, you know, it's almost given him a new lease of life. Um, he's gone. He's had an incredible season. Um, he's not someone people enjoy bowling against, like you say, because he, he he can be quite aggressive. Um, and he, he almost takes takes the attack to you. Um, so I reckon you know he he would fit in well in this New England setup. Um, Get, I've got to speak for the bowlers. What a season uh, Toby Rowland Jones is having! Um, you know, there's all this talk about flat pitches and these juke balls and stuff like that. Where I think Toby took his 50th wicket two or three rounds ago. Um, so he's he's having a belter. Um, you know, I'd, personally, I'd love to see Rocky get picked in the England side again. Um, whether or not it will happen, who knows? But you know, he's certainly making all the right noises to put his name in the hat. Yeah, Harry John Simpson. Yeah, I'm glad you come to me on, John. I, I I made my wicketkeeper in my cricket fancy draft team, so I that paid dividends this week. Quality, quality player. He kept in that England-Pakistan ODI, didn't he, when Ben Stokes was about the only man to not go down with COVID. And I think he's a quality, quality player. He's just been at that time. There's been so many good wicketkeepers for England. Otherwise, he probably would have, would have got more England appearances. But look at this scorecard. The thing that stands out for me is Sol Budinger, quality player. Not gone to Leicestershire, big fan of him. But Look at the Leicester scorecard and Rian Ahmad betting at five. That's a big call. Um, I think Adil Rashid is 34 now. I think Rian Ahmad in probably after the World Cup could come into the England side definitely in two or three years' time. He could be the next Adil Rashid. He's one to look out for. Definitely. Do you think he's more of a white ball bowler or a red ball Yeah, ball? I think definitely a white ball bowler. I interviewed him after the England Lions of Africa game. Um, and yeah, I think he's got the variations. I think he's going to be more of a white ball bowler and then he can bat. He could maybe be a bit like a Rashid Khan, probably more like an eight in, a, in an England side, maybe coming and have a bit of a go with the bat as well. And in Middlesex, have got to go to Worcestershire next week. Uh, that's not going to be easy, as we saw Worcestershire just dismantled mm. Nottinghamshire. Mm. Um, where, where's your money? Well, 
we we did talk about this last week whether middle sets were going to um, go up and uh, I still uh, you know I I think I think I'm still with middle sets I think they're on a bit of a roll um, so yeah I, I I'm going to go middle sets and make you happy Dan you're a beautiful lady <laughs> let's go to Chester Street and Sussex who've had a miserable season. They were bowled all out for 162. Matt Potts, Paul Coughlin doing the damage, three apiece. Durham then got 459 for seven. Michael Jones, 96. James Maddinson, uh, sorry, Nick Maddinson. I think he's got a new bat now, hasn't he, Chris? He, uh, he got 90 there. Chris Benjamin got runs as well. Uh, Sussex then were all out for 157. Ben Rain, Five wickets, they lost by an innings and 140 runs. Nice short coach journey home for them to get that sort of, you know, think about that one. Um, Chris, good win. Yeah, it was a good win. I was I was there watching for, for most of it when the weather allowed. Um, mm. I think it just, the sort of, the youth of Sussex just showed a little bit. Um, I mean, we won the toss bowled on the first day where the conditions, you know, the lights were on all day, it was overcast, it was misly, there was plenty of live grass on the pitch. We made the most of it. Um, and then the lads went out and batted superbly. It didn't help. Um, what's the... Crookham, he dislocated his shoulder in the first 10 overs um, of, of the inning, so he was he was missing for the game. But now, Mike Jones this year has had an outstanding year for us. Um, I know Dixon scored a lot of runs early on, but missed a lot of games through injury. Um, but Mike Jones, you know, he's he's been our most improved player by a long way. Um, and it was nice to see Maddinson get runs. Um, I think, he, you know, he's, he's struggled for us. So it was nice to see him get a big score. Um, and Benjamin on loan came in and, and played a superb knock. And then again, just scoreboard pressure, I think, got the better of Sussex in the last innings. Um, and once we got past sort of Tom Haynes, you know, no disrespect, there wasn't really a great deal of, um, you know, fight from the from the Sussex lads, which which is a real shame because they've got some. I think they've got some really good young players, but I think it's just a tough ask when you're trying to play them all together in the same team. Um, I think that yeah, it's it's been a tough year for them. Chris, you're an absolute cricket badger. Do you know the unusual fact about Sean Dixon? Oh. <laughs> nah. It's oh. a load of dismissal. Oh, he handled the ball, didn't he? He's the last man to be given out handled the ball in county championship cricket before the law changed because now it's obstructing the field, isn't it? So there's a guy that there's a guy that played in this game this week who was on the opposition team as well. Uh-huh. Who's that? Who? Ben Reen. It was against Leicester, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. He, he got given handled the ball. Now, Sean got given handle the ball against Leicester. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> I think Ben Rain was bowling, I think. But he ah. definitely, definitely played in the same game. <laughs> um, Harry, apologies there for calling Nick Maddinson James Maddinson. He, uh, he played for Leicester, doesn't he, I think. Um, Harry, grim year for Sussex. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's much to say about Sussex. Of course, you got... Tymel Mills, Joffrey Archer, they can't get fit. The two big names. They lost players. Steve Finn came in. They lost Chris Jordan, Phil Salt. They lost Luke Wright. I mean, they're just they're releasing Aaron Thomas was a bit of an odd one. They've had so many, so much change the last couple of years. 
you felt for him. I mean, they came up against a strong Durham team. You look at that Durham team, and I was looking 459 for seven. You think, how often do you saw over 450 scored without a century? And then I thought, actually, that's not a stat. I don't work for Critters anymore. But then suddenly remembered, actually, early in the season, there was a better one, wasn't there? Sorry, against Kent. 671 for nine without a century. So it's not that high compared to that. But I just wanted to ask Chris on this, actually. I went up with Sam to watch Scotland, New Zealand in the T20s. And Michael Jones wasn't in the T20 squad, but he's doing so well in the championship. Is he going to be a white ball player? Will he get near the Scotland white ball team, do you think? He's just been picked in their World Cup squad. Oh, great. I didn't know that. I do. He's in their World Cup squad. Uh, this was the first year he's really played T20s for us. Um, and he, he showed huge promise. He got some good scores um, at a massive strike rate. So, you know, personally, I, I think he should get in um, or should be at least given a chance. But he's, he's on the plane to the World Cup, at least, so um, which is good news for him. But again, I think he, he's hitting the ball so cleanly now, um, so hard. He, he's improved in the last 18 months. Like, honestly, it's good to watch. Hopefully, we can keep him for a long time. Oh, great stuff. So you see that, yeah, he's only ever played one T20 international. But Scotland love a left field last minute introduction. That's called that Greaves, wasn't it? Who came in to the previous World Cup, the leg spinning. Number eight batter did really well. So, there, yeah, hope Michael Jones does similarly. Talking of people going to the World Cup, Chris, when Mark Wood has a bowl at you in the nets, he bowl at full tilt. Does he crank it up? He doesn't, but I, to, I'm not lining up to put him in the nets. Like, <laughs> you won't have it. Nah, absolutely not. Um, nah, to be honest, his build up with us over the last couple of months, we haven't really seen a great deal of him. Um, sort of been training on his own here and there. But reports I heard. The last couple of test matches, he was down bowling at the Oval and, and some of the lads are saying he's been bowling rockets. Um, so to actually watch that game last night and see just how fast he was bowling, it's bloody good to watch, isn't it? As, mm-hmm. a, as an English fan, as a cricket fan, to see him come back and hitting, hitting those numbers, it's, it's exciting. You look at that ball and line up now, um, you know, I, th- I think England have got a bloody strong side there. I, th- I thought, quickest I've seen this year is Harris Ralph. And uh, he's he's rapid. He's a different yeah. type of bowler. He bangs it into the pitch, but he's uh, he's sharp. And Nassim Shah, we had at Gloucestershire early in the season as well. He's uh, he's no slouch either. Annie Durham have sort of finished well. They had a bit of a, a sluggish start. Yeah. Do you think Do you think they'll do well in Division Two next year? Yeah, of course they will. Like they've got Chris Rushworth. He's one. He's one for you. Sorry, we'll go back to the Strauss review. If everything's changing mm. in 2024, effectively Division 2 next year is almost irrelevant. Yeah. Because if, you, if your top six are going to be your, your top six from Division 1 and then the other two sixes are getting split up, it doesn't. if you win Division 2 or, or finish bottom of Division 2, it, it, it makes no difference to what happens the year after. So my, my I was having a chat with some of my mates who love cricket, who Durham members, um, from a Durham point of view, and obviously I've got no say in what happens at our club, do we now focus all our attention on the 2020 and just let the Red Bull team develop, not worry about overseas, or do you, or do you try and... It's an interesting point. It depends, I suppose, if those two divisions are regionalised or whether they're done on merit next year. So there is something to play for because what would happen is the top six in Division 1 would surely be that six. Yeah. Unless it's the test playing grounds, of course, or and then 
The next four would go down to Division Two, along with the top two from Division Three. You know, the top two from Division Two would make up that second division in the group of six. Yeah. And then the final six in Division Two would make up the third group. It would be interesting to see how you know operates. I can't see this being voted through anyway. I can't see no see it getting voted through. But that's the point. All four of us are clear that we're we're not a fan of this review. But Chris, what can you? We can put on Twitter. We can say on podcasts we don't like it. It's rubbish. But they're not going to listen to us. Even Jeffrey Boycott, you know, he's not listening to by Key. You know, a lot of the pundits aren't listening to by Key and Strauss. What What can you do as a player? Have you got any say? Ultimately, I don't think so. You, obviously, you have your opinions. Um, I'm Durham's PCA rep, so we all obviously we all chat about it as a as a group of players together with a PCA. But I think ultimately it's down to the club, um, you know, and it's whatever the club thinks is best for them, not necessarily the players. Um, so, you know, we, we'll have our opinions and we can have our say, but like you, I actually don't think people will listen to us. Um, you know, it's down to, I'm guessing it will be sort of beefy who who casts our vote as a club. Um so I guess it's it's his opinion on on what he thinks and Tim Bostock on, on what he thinks is the right way to move forward for Durham as a. They might listen to Stokes. Sorry, yeah, if he, they if might Stokes listen to Stokes. Doing. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So uh, I I don't know. Durham aren't a members' of players' opinions, but you know sometimes it. Yeah, Durham aren't a members' own club, are they? They're uh, no, no they're we're one of the, we're one of the few it's privately. So I've owned the North Hants, another one, and Hampshire are, are the three, aren't they? So, um, but I, I would be, um, I'd be surprised if North Hants or Durham actually voted for the uh, recommendations in their current form. Right, finally, let's go to Cardiff. Let's go over the Seven Bridge, Glamorgan, five fifty for five. I feel for Steve James. Beginning of this year, he was the record <laughs> runs run scorer for Glamorgan with his 309 against Sussex at Colwyn Bay back in about 2003, I think it was. He's been usurped twice now. Sam Northey's got 410 the other week. David Lloyd in this game, 313. Derbyshire responded with two... Is that 203 or 253? I can't read my writing. 253. 253. Ajax Patel, 5 for 68. They followed on 273 all out, despite 66 from Lear's deploy. Glamorgan are in the mix. Can they go up? Harry. Well, talking of Harry's, Harry came 64 of 216 balls. You look at the scorecard and Durham, 253 all out of 112.4 overs. So they tried to bat as long as they blooming well could. Oh, yes, Patel, that's where you get an overseas in. I mean, we saw Sajid Khan barely bowl for Somerset this week, barely required, but Ayas Patel, 38.4 overs. And I mean, if I was David Lloyd, I'd have kept batting myself a bit longer. Yeah. I'd have gone past the <laughs> Sam Northeast record. I reckon it's a very unselfish um, uh, declaration, wasn't it? Yeah. When you're the captain and you're 313 not out, keep going. Chris, you bowled at Cardiff a few times. It can get flat there, Cardiff. Yeah. We, we played them first game of the season this year and it was rain affected, but that was up there with one of the flattest um, we've played on. 
I'm I'm pleased for for uh, Dave Lloyd again. He, mm. He's one of the good guys around the circuit. Nice fella, um, good player. Um, but he's actually he's doing the London Marathon next week as well. Literally two weeks <laughs> after the season finished. Marathon innings in preparation. Now that, I'm guessing there must have been a bit of weather around if they've declared um, that early. It's like you say, there's still plenty of time left in that game, and he's he's going in a good lick. They were bowling. Yeah. Why wouldn't you try and go past Sam's 410? <laughs> yeah. There's always weather around in Wales. <laughs> um, where is where's your favourite place apart from Chesterley Street to to bowl? And where's your least favourite place? Uh, I enjoy bowling down at Lords. I think there's always a little bit in the always a little bit in the wickets there. Um, Chesterley Street this year has been a graveyard. I'm not going to lie. Um, I've not enjoyed bowling up here one bit. Although this this game, it's done a bit, and that's ultimately the, you know the game I missed out on. Um, <laughs> but now that I think most pitches now are generally pretty good. Um, but if I if I was to pick anywhere, I guess I would like to like to play at Lords. There's always a little bit there, and obviously the home of cricket. Um, mind you, I wouldn't mind bowling at Essex this week. <laughs> <laughs> Any Derbyshire. I know you've got a lot of time for, for mm. people up there after your visit to Queen's Park, Chesterfield. They've fallen off a cliff a little bit, haven't they, towards the end? Yeah, well, I mean, Sean, I, I think that that has co- kind of coincided with the loss of Sean Massoud as well, hasn't it? Um, he was, so, I, I mean, such a class player. You know, you said that you've seen some great batting. from. Uh, that was the cl- classiest bat. I well, last night as well, didn't he? Scored yeah, some runs for Pakistan. Yeah, yeah, I gather that. I didn't, I didn't see it, but I did gather that. He yeah, good sixty odd. No one else got any. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, he is pure, pure, pure class, and I think that that is a real loss for them. I'm, I'm just really pleased that I, Madsen, Wayne Madsen's had such a great season, and and I'm really, really pleased he's got another seventy-seven in the in this match, and uh, think he's. Um, I hope he continues for a while and, and and keeps that um that that side going because uh I I am sad that they kind of dropped off because they were they were really challenging a little bit um but you know they're they're a good side they'll they'll bounce back and they've got they've got the uh the wonderful Mickey Arthur who I think is a, a real a real backer of the county championship and uh has a lot of time for it um so yeah, I think he'll he'll get some more good signing or, or you know, get them going again. Yeah. Well, let's do the table. Nottinghamshire, 218. Middlesex, 209. Glamorgan, 200. Then there's a gap down to Worcestershire and fourth. Chris Rushworth, Durham <laughs> on 182. Derbyshire, third from bottom now on 171. Mm. And then a huge gap down to Sussex, 117, Leicestershire, 86. Chris Rushworth, if your boys go and get a result at Trent Bridge next week, there will be a case of Nuki Brune on the way. <laughs> I think there'll be a few people praying for that. I reckon it's got the makings of a good game, you know, Trent Bridge. Um, we've come into a little bit of form. Um, they've got lots to play for on the back of a heavy result. Um, I reckon it'll be a good good game to watch. Yeah, I think I I mean Sky often take one game a season, don't they? And 
you know, Division One is. I mean, there's there's a little bit of a relegation battle there. But if I was a Sky producer, I'd be going to Trent Bridge for that one, definitely, or go to Worcester. They'll uh, be playing the Surrey game, though, won't they? Because they'll be yeah. um, get get the uh, award at the end. So. Right. Trophy. Yeah, mm. yeah. But uh, I think you're right, Chris. That Nottinghamshire v Durham game is huge mm. in the mm. context of everyone's season. Definitely. And that wraps up Division Two. Yep, and uh, so I will just sign off and say thank you very much to Dan and, and no profanities that I heard. Thank you. And uh, to Harry, thank you for stepping in. It's been great having your knowledge and enthusiasm. No worries. And Chris, thank you so much for joining us. It's, it's been brilliant to have you with us. No problem at all. Thank you. we got some beautiful chats. we got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking We won't give it a rest And as a matter of fact It's time to get it off our chests Cricket, 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 cricket Podcast Network.